Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Reading this morning is taken from Psalm 119, starting to read from 97 to 105. And then Matthew 4 verses 1 to 4. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your status. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your words. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Matthew 4, 1 to 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is the word of the God. Thank you so much, Stella. And good morning, everyone. It's lovely to have you uh, with us this morning. Um, and indeed, if you're joining us uh, online, uh, it's lovely to have you as well. Now, I wonder what your favorite food is. I want you to let your mind wander for a moment. And I want you to imagine yourself eating it. And just see for a moment if you can express, if you can describe what it tastes like. Could you put words to it? Perhaps, like me, your favorite food is connected with a life experience, a particular memory. I'm a bit of an omnivore, I'll be honest, but I think at least one of my favorites is roll mops. Here it is. If you're familiar with roll mops, uh, or, or frankly, just any kind of pickled herring. As you can see, I chose this to really sort of connect with people and kind of, you know, have that kind of sense of common interest. Now, 
I don't know why exactly. It, it could be my Northern European roots. I think the main reason it gets the top spot for me is because it reminds me of a time when I was a student in uh, Belarus. And I was really in need of something tasty. Now, life was just a tiny bit grim uh, in, in Belarus when I was there. We lived in a big student tower block. Um, the, the culinary facilities were pretty rudimentary. For example, the fridge was the, 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 the space between one pane of glass and the other pane of glass. Because it was about minus 10 outside and about plus 12 inside. That was actually quite a good place to keep things cool. Um, I, I hadn't worked out the shopping either, so I, I didn't really know where to go. Shop. I found some tea, but I could only find loose-leaf tea, and I didn't have a strainer. So every morning I'd sort of have my, my tea, but also bits of tea leaves kind of stuck in my teeth. It was, it was all a bit grim. Uh, the, the staple diet was kind of buckwheat porridge and these very, very bright orange processed sausages, which you just didn't really want to ask where they had been. So one day, I was, I was feeling particularly sorry for myself, and I thought, I've got, I've got to treat myself here. And so I, the one thing I had seen around was, was jars of my beloved pickled herring. So I, I went out. I went out to the market. I bought some of this beautiful uh, honey bread, black honey bread that they have there. And I got myself a jar of my pickled herring and a bottle of beer, and I just I purred my way through this. Uh, all evening. Now, if you've, if you've ever tasted pickled herring, anyone here tasted pickled herring? Yes, good, good. You'll, you'll know if you have. It is, it's pretty strong. I mean, it is, it's kind of blow your brains out territory, actually. Um, but, it, but when you've just had such a boring diet for so long, it's just exactly what you need. It just hit the spot. And that delight, I think, has stayed with me. Now, whether you're a herring eater or a herring hater, you will have had some moment like that. Whether it was your Wagyu beef or your jollof rice or your favorite curry or your chocolate cake, you, there, will have, there will be a moment in your life when you remember eating something just really delicious. And that idea, that moment, is really all you need to be able to understand our basic theme today. Psalm 119, verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I just want to get one thing across really uh, this morning, which is that there is, there's delight in God's word. There is delight in God's word. Now, if you're joining us in the sermon series, uh, we've got four sermons looking at Psalm 119. The first one was all about um, the Word of God as light, guidance, revelation. The second one, uh, we thought about the Word of God as assurance, a compendium of, of promises to hold on to. And today we're thinking about the Bible as sustenance and, and delight. There's delight in God's Word. And depending on your character or your religious experience to date, this may be completely in your lane, or frankly, it may be slightly unfamiliar ground. Because we're going to be talking not just about our, our minds, our heads, as it were, what, what we think. Not just about our, our hands, our actions, what we do. But somewhere in the middle, our hearts and our emotions, what we feel. And I'm praying that we're going to be inspired 
to find delight in God's word and, and through it actually find delight in God in a new way. Discover that even now it's possible in our relationship with God to have real deep delight and satisfaction. And to that end, we're just going to do two things this morning. We'll first think about what what it means. What what does it mean that there is delight in God's word? And then second, we're going to look at some very practical ways that we can experience that. So first of all, there is delight in God's word. That's the meaning of that, that beautiful metaphor in that verse, isn't it? How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Who isn't keen on a spoonful of honey? But in ancient times... It was even more than that. It was even more valued. There was no sugar in general. So honey was really your only, it was your chief sweetener. And as a result of that, it actually became a symbol of prosperity. You know, that this phrase, the land of milk and honey. Uh, it was even used as currency. There's a moment in the scriptures when Jacob sends off honey to Egypt so he can get grain back. And that is what the psalmist chooses to express what the word of God means for him. So just think back to that time you, you took a spoonful of your rouses and just while no one was looking, just stuck it straight in your mouth and down it went. That kind of surge of sweetness and delight, that's what the psalmist feels about God's word. Something even sweeter, actually, even more delightful than that. Now, it's, it's a distinctive picture. It's not a unique picture. Actually, if you've read the scriptures, you find all sorts of people talking in these ways. The prophets, Ezekiel and Jeremiah, they all talked about eating God's word. Of course, they didn't actually eat it, but that was what it felt like and that it was sweet. And when Jesus was tempted, as we've just heard, in the wilderness, uh, and Satan said, look, turn these stones here into bread to satisfy your hunger. He replied, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus himself spoke about God's word as if it could somehow satisfy our longings. But we might well ask, well, how? How do words bring delight? Well, here are some of the ways. We might feel restless. We might feel unsettled. But God's word, by his spirit, speaks into our lives and speaks his peace we might feel uncertainty, we might feel doubt, but reading God's mind, God's word, seeing his faithfulness in the past gives us assurance and confidence for the future. We might feel despair, perhaps you're feeling despair right now, but then we come to God's word and it gives us hope because we see his purposes for the future. We might feel shame, we might be paralyzed by regret for what we've done wrong in the past. But God's word opens up the beautiful reality of the cross to see that the Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven us everything. And we get this deep sense of acceptance. There are so many other ways, but ultimately, I guess the word can give us delight because it is part of delighting in the Lord himself. As the the verse says, how sweet are your words to my taste. You know, this may be a new idea to you, but it's all over the scriptures. We're made for intimacy with God. God's purpose is for us to draw close to him. And through his word, he draws close to us. So through it, we grow to know him more. We discover a deeper experience of his love. 
we, we gain a more profound conviction of his holiness and also of our sin. We, we nurture a desire to, to hear him speak to us further and to want to speak to him. You know, it's like if you've ever received a letter from someone you really love and who really loves you. There is just, it, there's so much delight uh, in, in just reading it. And, and you probably would delight a lot more than just someone else, random person just picking it up and reading it. Well, you kind of hope that doesn't happen. But let's just say it did. Of course, it would bring you more delight because not so much the words on the page, but you know the person from whom it is. In those words, that person draws near to you. And in that sense, for us to delight in the word of God is just to delight in the nearness of God to us. Now, in a moment, we're going to get really practical and think about how we can nurture that kind of delight for ourselves. But just before we do, I think it might be worth pausing and just clarify what what are we not talking about? Well, it's possible to be a great student of the Bible, technically, to be brilliant, all the contextual and historical background and to get really into that side of things, which, by the way, is really important in helping us understand it, and yet still not really to have found very much delight or joy in it. In fact, I think it's possible to love the Bible as a work of literature, uh, to be really fascinated by its literary art, and it's considerable, and and also to be transported by by the kind of beauty and elegance of its theological ideas, which is also breathtaking. And even to enjoy speaking about it and explaining it a bit like I am right now and really love that. And yet still actually not find delight in God speaking to us personally. But that's what we're after. And actually in in the end nothing else will do. Psalm 119. This is, remember, this is a person, a real person speaking of their own experience. says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And I chose this little verse, really, because I want to encourage you to pursue nothing less. Nothing less than delight in knowing God by him speaking to you through his word. But how can we do it? How can we do it? Practically, what's going to help? Well, allow me to give you nine ways. Okay, they're they're going to be quick. They're going to be quick. And I'll be testing you on the way out. Uh, Right, number one, number one. You need to know God to find lasting delight in his word. I guess it's a bit obvious, but it is worth saying. The delight you're looking for in the word, it comes from a spiritual relationship with God. So you've got to have that spiritual relationship. Do you remember Jesus told his friend Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. He said, you need a whole new spiritual life. And that's true for us as we come to the scriptures. Now, hear hear me carefully here. I know a number of people who've actually become Christians through reading the Word. They, They didn't have that spiritual life before they started, and they discovered it on the way. So the Bible can certainly have great treasure for you, even if you're not a Christian. But I guess if that's you, you want to be looking for that relationship. If the Bible is a word from God personally, relationally to you, You've got to be looking for that relationship in your reading of it. And the great news is that is available to anyone who wants it. If you want that kind of relationship with God, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you may have that relationship with God. And if that seems like an utter mystery to you and you'd love to think about it more, learn more about it, I would love to speak to you uh, or, or indeed anyone 
on the team. Do get in touch with us or, or get in touch via email. So, uh, you, need to know, you need to know God. Number two, you need to read the Bible through Christ, through the lens of Jesus. There was a time Jesus was speaking with the teachers of the law, and he was arguing with them. And he said, look, guys, you know the Bible really well, but you've missed the point because it's all about me, and you don't realize that. Conversely, it's when we find Jesus in the Bible that when we find him anticipated in the Old Testament, presented in the New Testament, that's really the moment when we get the really sweet bit. So read it through Christ. Third, related to the previous point, read it with understanding. Read it with understanding. My wonderful dad, um, who's probably listening online right now. Hi, dad. Um, has, has written me um, a letter almost every single week for about 33 years, ever since I went uh, away to um, boarding school. And they were all, they're always great little missives. The trouble is, like many doctors uh, of, of high-speed scrawling, his, his turquoise ink is basically indecipherable to most normal mortals. And so in the very early days when I was really little, he actually used to write in capital letters, the entire thing in capital letters, just so I could understand them. And it was a good thing too, right? Because all the feeling in the letter was never going to be accessible to me until I actually understood what the words meant. And in the same way, there is for us a task of understanding the Bible. You can't feel the delight until you know what it actually says. And that's a skill. It takes some learning. You have to get to grips with it. Who's writing? When does this come? What's the big picture? Who are the characters? Where's the story going? What do these words mean in their original context? You can't get delight out of the words without first getting the definition of the words. And as you set out particularly, perhaps that requires a bit of investment from you. Effort. Research. But it's worth the time and the effort. Read it with understanding. Read it with understanding. Fourthly, read it to worship. Read it to worship. The Bible is a book from God about God. And its purpose is to draw us to him. And the greatest treasures, I think, are to be found when that, that purpose aligns with our reading. So when we're reading it and looking for reasons to worship, looking for ways to deepen our devotion, that's, I think, when we find the deepest delight. So here's a challenge for you in your small group, your Bible studies. I wonder, when you next read, uh, read it together, or when you read it on your own, set aside time to worship. Set aside time to turn what you thought into praise and thanks to God. Read it to worship. Read it to worship. Fifthly, read it in prayer. Read it in prayer. And I guess, again, this follows on from what I've just said. Finding delight in the Bible is a spiritual thing. It's not about kind of rustling up, you know, really sort of squeezing spiritual fervor somehow out of ourselves. It's about receiving something from God. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And we can do a whole lot, lot worse than just pray that prayer every time we come to the Bible. That God will, as it were, draw back the curtain and just show us wonderful, sweet things. Read it in prayer. Read it in prayer. Pass halfway. Well done. Number six. 
Let the word dwell in you richly. Let the word dwell in you richly. That's the very poetic way that Paul the Apostle writes about the Bible in his letter to the Colossians. To experience the, the delight of, of the Bible, we've got to let it dwell. We've got to let it live with us for a while. Another food analogy. Um, back as a child, I used to love our yearly trips to um, northern Germany where my step-grandmother would spoil us rotten and feed us amazing German food. And uh, one of my favorite moments of the day was always breakfast. And at breakfast, um, she would serve up and we would devour rounds and rounds and rounds of this amazing hazelnut bread, black German bread. It was lovely. And I would always have it with Nutella, of course. And um, I would eat it as if it were going out of fashion. And she'd say to me, stop, stop, slow down. You're actually going to enjoy it more if you eat it more slowly. And... uh, of course, being about seven, I couldn't really believe that. But actually, when I did it, she was right. And so it is with the scriptures. It's worth slowing down, dwelling on the smaller pieces of scripture for longer. I think one of the best reasons you get vicars to learn the, the languages, Greek and Hebrew, is because they have to slow down. They have to read what it actually says. Rather than just go, oh, I know this bit. The Navigators are, are an organization that some of us may be familiar with. They've got a great little tool for this. It's called the Word Hand. And it talks about the different ways of receiving God's Word. Hear, read, study, memorize, meditate. And if you like, the spectrum sort of goes deeper. And I'm talking here about this last one, the thumb. Meditate. That's where the word really starts working in our hearts. Let the word dwell in you richly. That was number six. Let the word dwell in you richly. Number seven, live what you read. Live what you read. God's word is supposed to be transformational. And and I guess really the delight is completed when we are transformed. Mark Twain Uh, wrote, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me, it's the parts that I do understand. Now he didn't quite mean it like this, but I like that quote because it it reminds me of of the challenge. Usually the problem is not, I don't understand it. Usually it's pretty clear what it says, I just don't much feel like doing it. And of course on the flip side, when we do do it, when we do obey the word, when we do live it, that's when we discover, oh this is good, this is great stuff. I didn't much feel like doing it to begin with, but now I can see this has changed my life for the good. Live what you read. Two more. Number eight, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. I'm convinced we are never done plumbing the depths of God's word. If it's boring, the problem is with us. But also, we get stuck in a rut, don't we? The most noble of Bible reading habits at some point degrades to drudgery. So I recommend mix it up. Keep it fresh. Uh, Go for short passages. Go for long passages. Uh, Listen to it instead of reading it on the YouVersion app. Follow a reading plan. Don't follow a reading plan. Um, Read it with a friend, not just on your own. WhatsApp one another, thoughts from from the morning. Uh, Read it over lunch or in the evening instead of in the morning if that's an issue. Um, Go for a commentary. Explore the Bible through music or through the arts or, or whatever. Whatever it takes to keep you engaged, keep it fresh. And perhaps right now is a great time for you to change up your Bible reading notes or whatever you've done or just make a new start and keep it fresh.
And finally, finally, read it in hope. Read the Bible in hope. For thousands of years, God's people, I'm sure of it because we read it this morning, have found delight in God's word. And I, I believe so can we. I believe each person here can come to that place where they, they hold on to their Bible and say, this thing is wonderful to me. And yet, for now, we will only ever know God in part. For now, we were only ever going to feel what we should feel in part. This side of eternity, even the most knowledgeable student of the Bible, there will be vast swathes of God that they won't get. They will make mistakes. Even the most fervent worshipper of God, at some point, is going to feel like their hearts just would. Like they can't eke out even the slightest emotion at some moment. And those are times, you know, not just to not just to get discouraged, but to realize we're not there yet. Sometimes we won't experience delight in the way that we wish we could because we're still living on this side of Christ's return. And so we use those moments to point us forward in hope, to point us forward to the moment when the Lord Jesus returns and we are restored to our relationship with him, the new heavens and the new earth when we will see him face to face, when we will know God perfectly just as we are fully known where we will feel that love and that longing that we are made for perfectly because our hearts will be made new and we will no longer be left longing for more. His presence will be our delight. So even as we uh, invest, even as we work hard to find the delight in God's word, I want to encourage you as I close to read it in hope. Good, well, if any of those little pointers have been useful to you, I'd love to hear from you um, in time. Uh, if you've got others that you want to share, um, why not share it in the comments um, if you're uh, online right now or send me an email. I'd love to share it with others as we go. But for now, let's draw to a close with prayer. Let's pray. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Lord, thank you for your words. It's a, it's a wonderful picture that we might take delight in you, even as we do in the sweetest of foods. And we pray so much that would be our reality. Lord, meet with us this morning and wherever we are throughout this week as we read your word, as it comes to mind, as it falls into our, our memory and, and works deep within us. Lord, give us that experience of delight in you through it. And help us as we do so to be pointed to that day when we will know you perfectly and have that perfect love and delight that you promised to us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.